I'm Grace, and I'm the host of this podcast, She Builds Me Up. She is my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe, and let's build something amazing together. This is where we uplift one another, we let our guards down, we invest fully in one another, and we'll become stronger by doing so. Together, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of this weird world of adult friendships. We're going to combat our challenges and have fun while doing it. Okay, so I am sitting here getting ready to record episode 17. And for the first time since episode one, I actually do not have a guest to interview or to talk to, which feels a little awkward because I feel like I'm at my best. And the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast is because I wanted to interview other people. Obviously, that's the whole point behind this podcast. Um, However, I just felt a little tug to do a, a solo episode here and there just because this is my podcast and I feel like the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I felt like I had a message to share. Um, And I think I've done a pretty good job of conveying that message. Um, But at the same time, sometimes there are just some insights that I myself like to share with others versus getting other people to share their insights. So with that being said, I decided that this would be the week and I purposely did not schedule an interviewee because I knew it would force me to do a solo episode, even though I've been thinking about it for a long time now, especially during quarantine. But now I'm finally jumping in and doing it. So I, first of all, I just want to talk about how this podcast has affected me so far. And it's been such a wonderful thing for me to do. And I've been so proud of all of the episodes and all of my friends that have been willing to come on. Um, But one of the really cool things that I've realized as I've interviewed my wonderful people in my life that have built me up over however long I've known them is that whenever I ask them, okay, like what message do you want to share with the world? What do you feel like is unique to you that you want to share? It's been a really cool experience to watch my guests go through this process of having to sit down and think about what is it that's unique to them that they can share and uplift others with. And, you know, so for example, Liz, my very first episode, she felt like she had this amazing message to share about how she came to know that her body is worthwhile no matter what shape it's in or however it looks. And because she went through that experience and was willing to share it with others, now we've all been uplifted and built up because of her story. And I was, it was just really cool to see some of the behind the scenes with her going over my questions and texting me and not just her, all of my guests and going through this process of realizing that each individual person, including yourself, has something to share has been really worthwhile for me to see. And so a lot of times when I'm off air, because of course what always ends up happening is that I am talking to some of these people that I've interviewed I haven't talked to in a while, 
And so then, of course, we get chit-chatting and we're catching up. And a lot of times what they'll ask me is like, well, you sh- what would you do your solo episode on? And so it's been a struggle for me to re- kind of come to realize what my unique message is to share. And I think I have a, a few. So I, I do have a few solo episodes up my sleeve, I think, if I can make myself do it. But the one that I kept coming back to for this week was this idea of self-confidence. And I know that I've already done probably a handful of episodes on this idea of self-confidence. But what I love a lot about this podcast is that each person can bring something new to the table, even if it's the same topic. So for example, my friend Erin, she did a topic on diligence and commitment. And then the very next week, my friend Allie did her topic on consistency. And if you just look at the titles of those podcasts, you might think, okay, those that's the same topic, basically. But what's really cool is that I learned something completely different from Erin than what I learned from Allie. And it's because they have such different life experiences and different ways of building it up. And I think that's the whole point behind this podcast, that as I've reached out to people in my life that I've learned the same lesson in a different way from multiple different people and that's been really enriching and really beneficial to me and the idea is that it would be also be beneficial to you and to others as well. So with that being said I I did put a little prompt out there on my Instagram to ask for ideas on um, subjects and a few of you said self-confidence and I, feel, I keep coming back to this idea because I feel like it's such a topic that so many people are always wanting to hear about, including myself. And so as I've been thinking about this podcast, I've been thinking, okay, what do I specifically, Grace Fisher, what can I uniquely offer to my listeners about my self-confidence that only I can share? And so as I go through my notes... I'm hopeful that even though you've heard this self-confidence topic from other episodes of mine and probably of other podcasts that you listen to from other people or you read stuff online and stuff like that or books, that I can still offer something that will resonate with you, even if it's something that you've already heard. Um, And so the first thing that I want to talk about with self-confidence that is absolutely crucial and that I've realized throughout my life is that we have to separate our self-worth from things that are going to change. And so the few examples that I came up with is your self-worth cannot be determined by your weight, your grades, your status at work, or your job, or your some promotion that you're looking for, your marital status, your number of kids, your number of friends, your, you know job at church or volunteer opportunities because all of those things even though they are part of what makes you you and they're part of your life and they're very important things most of the time there are things that are always going to change like my weight is going to be different tomorrow than it was today and it's different today than it was yesterday and obviously that's just a small change but like obviously I've had kids and all that and so my weight's a lot higher than it was before I had kids or example is you know if you're in school what if you get a C on a test that you studied really hard on 
is your self-confidence going to falter? Or are you going to say, you know what, I made a mistake, or I just didn't understand this, or I need to come at it a different way, And but my self-worth is the same. And I think that's just such an important lesson that so many of us need to learn, is that your self-worth is completely separate from anything in your life that's going to change. And once you can learn that lesson, it's a huge stepping stone into building self-confidence. Or if you already have self-confidence, into strengthening your self-confidence. And there's been multiple stories in my life where I have realized these things. Um, The most glaring one to me would be when I was in college, the grades one, the one I mentioned before, and I know many of you that are listening to this have heard this story just because you know me personally. Um, But I, in high school, was the academically smart kid, and I did very well. I took all of my college course, college level courses in high school, and I did very well, and I got all these college credits, and Um, that was just who I felt I was. I was the smart kid. And I, I don't say that so you guys are like, okay, Grace thinks she's smart. Good for her. (laughs) Um, but I say that because I felt at the time that that's who I was. And I am an intelligent person. I'm not saying that I'm not, but my intrinsic value, at least in my eyes, was very, very interrelated with my intelligence and my ability to perform academically with ease. Um, And so I, when I went out to college, I just, to make a very long story short, I just completely floundered. I did okay my first year, um, but it was like I was barely hanging on. I really struggled with homesickness And I really struggled with my shyness, as I've mentioned before. And so I I really struggled to make friends. And that really made a huge impact on my ability to perform academically in the way that I had assumed that I could perform um, since coming out of high school. And it was just, all of a sudden, I was this little fish in this big pond of where everyone was doing well academically and everyone didn't seem to have a problem with things, and yet I was the only one struggling, which obviously that wasn't true, but that's how it felt at the time. Anyway, so to continue a very long story, over the next three years, because most colleges do give you a lot of opportunities to not fail out, I continued to not go to class, and I continued to do poorly on my tests, and I continued to to sum it up, just make a lot of really bad decisions when it comes to my academic life. And I failed out. They suspended me from BYU for a year. And that was probably one of the lowest points in my life. um, Because at the time, my self-worth, which I didn't realize until that moment, was so wrapped up in my grades and my ability to perform that when I wasn't able to perform and I wasn't able to do these things, 
I completely lost all of my confidence and I hated myself and I just, I had felt that I had completely ruined my life because now that my GPA was so low, there was not going to be a possible way for me to dig myself out of this hole and go do some bigger, grander thing like law school or business school or whatever it is that I would have ended up deciding to do. And so I literally sat and wallowed in this low self-worth, self-confidence place for probably a year and a half. I didn't end up going back to school right away, even though I could have at a year. It took me a year and a half. Um, but during that time, I I was functioning okay, but I would just wake up every single day with this idea in my mind that I was a failure. And I just, I look back at that time and I just, I still get emotional thinking about how I felt for an entire year of waking up like that. And there was a moment, probably a year in, where I finally just had this clarity of mind and I just realized that even though I had failed out of um, BYU, that I was not a failure and that it's okay to fail and also be full of self-worth. And I just had this moment where God poured into me his spirit, I guess, and said, you're still worth just as much to me as you were before this failure as you are now. And I see the potential in you and you making this one little mistake in the grand scheme of forever is not going to mess up my plans for you. And it's not going to mess up my need for you to get up and be who you need to be. And it was just a really powerful moment where I realized that the failure did not define me. Because, as I said earlier, grades are going to change. Your job is going to change. Your marital status can change. Your weight can change. Your hair color can change. Anything that has to do with that kind of stuff can change. But you are still worth just as much today as you were yesterday as you are tomorrow. And you can continue to become the best version of you despite any kind of setback. And I feel like that story is what taught me that lesson that I had to realize that my self-worth is a completely separate thing from my accomplishments, from my physical appearance, and from my relationships and so on. And as I thought about this, I realized that after I went through that, that is a big indicator of how I got my confidence back and then built on it even more. Um, because in high school, I feel like I was a relatively confident person, but it's because I had never really been tested at all, if you know what I'm saying. And so then when I got to college and I actually like had my confidence put to the test, it was this huge eye-opening experience where I had realized that my self-confidence was not founded on the thing that it should be founded on. And so I guess that's just my message the number one message that I have to share about self-confidence is that you have to continually tell yourself that your self-worth 
is separate from things that will change. And I know that's like the fifth time I've said that, but it's just, it's just so true. Um, and then after I've, that's like my initial foundation to, you know, realizing and accepting your self-worth. Um, and then I have a couple other little tips that I wanted to share that have helped me throughout my life build my confidence. And one of those things is journaling. Um, I've been an avid journaler my whole life, and I honestly think that at times it has absolutely saved me. That year where I was away from school, or even leading up to that year, because obviously things weren't going so well before then if I got suspended, right? Um, I continued to journal, and I continued to be 100% brutally honest with myself about where I was at. And I was not being honest with anyone else in my life about how well I was doing in the sense that I wasn't like outright lying, but I just mean that I was, people would say, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. How are you? And I was very like, my mom would ask me like, oh, are you going to class? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And then, you know, three semesters later, it turns out I wasn't fine. And that obviously was not the right decision to make. But when you're in that place, you just you want to be fine. So you tell other people that you're fine. And so, but I can honestly say that my journal was the one place where I was 100% honest with myself with where I was at. I was not happy and I was mad at myself for not being able to make myself go to class and so on and so forth. And I feel like I honestly wrote myself into a better place. Obviously, I probably should have seen a therapist during all that time, but I I didn't. Um, But I think journaling is a good way that we can, when we're honest with ourselves, even when when we're not honest with anyone else, we have an outlet and we have a place that we can feel safe. And I think that's what journaling has been for me. And I don't just mean it's a place for bad things. There's also, um, whenever I'm going through really good things, or I have like a a realization or some kind of something, I can write it down in my journal. And even now I can go back and I can read about that realization that I had after going back to school about my self-worth. And I can remind myself like, hey, that was something really hard that you got through. You can do it again. And this is how you did it. But the only way I was able to do that is be completely honest with myself on things I needed to change and what I needed to do to change them. Um, and so a lot of times to go off of this idea of needing to change something about yourself, a lot of times I, you get this depression or you're like, I, or your self-worth takes a hit because you're like, I need to go to class, I guess, for a BYU, or I need to lose this amount of weight, or I need to be on time more, be more punctual, but the trap that we often fall in when we tell ourselves that we need to make these changes is that it becomes very outcome-based. And so then when you don't reach your outcome on the deadline that you tell yourself, your self-worth and your self-confidence takes a hit because you didn't reach this goal at this time that you told yourself you had to do it by. Um, and so that brings me to my next point about keeping promises to yourself and to others. Um, but you need to not have a timeline with it, which is something that I've learned and it's definitely boosted my self-confidence. 
a lot. And what I mean by not having a timeline is telling yourself, pick an attribute that you want to get better at. Um, So for me, when I was really shy, I hated that about myself. I hated that I couldn't bring myself to talk to strangers or that when I was in a large group, I couldn't like voice what I was thinking because of the fear. And so it just took a lot of time where I would tell myself like one day you are not going to be shy. One day you are going to get over this and you're going to be able to talk to people like it's nothing and you're going to be able to make friends and you're going to be able to public speak and do all these things and there's not going to be fear in your heart or at least not enough fear to stop you and so but there was never a timeline on it I was never like okay next year is my year where I'm going to stop being shy or next week is my week where I'm not going to be shy and because I didn't give myself this timeline and I just continually talked to myself and I said, okay, one day, one day, one day, little by little, I started to believe it. And, you know, years later, here I am and I still feel a little bit of the fear. And oftentimes I still see myself as this shy person just because I felt that way about myself for so long. But because it was not outcome-based... And I gave myself grace and I let myself fail, but still get it back up on the horse. Now, all of a sudden, I can look back over the last decade or so and say, wow, I've made some big changes in my life. Um, And so that goes to, you know, keeping promises to yourself where you say, I'm going to do one little thing that's going to make a little difference today. And instead of being afraid and not doing it, you just do it. And if you can't do that, make an even smaller goal and an even smaller goal and an even smaller goal until you can accomplish the smallest step possible that needs to be taken. And so when you don't have a timeline, you can look back and see that you've made all these changes and not get frustrated with yourself when you didn't make the timeline, if that makes sense but you are still keeping promises to yourself, which builds trust in yourself, and then you're able to accomplish more. Um, and obviously that takes a, a lot of patience because I'm i telling you, oh, hey, this thing, it took me 10 years or more to do. And so then you're looking 10 years into the future and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But it, there, there's that quote out there that's like, you're gonna, the time's going to pass either way, so you might as well try, right? Um, and that also ties into this idea of positive affirmations. I feel like positive affirmations are talked about a lot when it comes to self-confidence, and I definitely agree. Um, for me, I didn't think that I was one of those people that did positive affirmations because I don't, like, stand in front of my mirror and say, like, okay, you're going to face your fears today, or okay, you're going to you know, get out there and accomplish this task today. I've never done that. But the more I've thought about it, the more I realize, like, I I definitely do positive affirmations all day, every day. So, like, when I'm faced with a task where I'm afraid that I'm going to fail or I'm afraid that something's not going to work out or I'm afraid that people are going to think weird of me or whatever it is, we have these weird things that we're afraid of. I just say to myself, you are fearless. Nothing, you are afraid of nothing. So why is that going to stop you? 
And I've, I've realized lately that I have a thought like that in my head a lot. And I've taught myself to say that to myself. Even when I felt like it wasn't true, I would say, you are fearless. You, this fear is not going to stop you. Have faith instead. Um, and as I've realized that I've said these things to myself, I've realized that positive affirmations really are something that is are a huge part of my life. They're just not in the same way that we're like looking in mirrors and telling ourselves things. And that's probably not how people who say positive affirmations do it either. So it's just definitely something to think about. Or when I'm trying to um, be more active and I'm sitting on the couch and I just think, oh, I really want to go get a drink, but I just don't want to get up off the couch. I tell myself, you are not lazy. You are not lazy. Even though oftentimes I do feel like I'm lazy, especially in quarantine. Um, but it's just something to think about. Um, and as I've thought about these positive affirmations, one thing that's really stuck out to me is that I, I really only focus on one to three things at a time. Because if you want, let's say you, we all have more than five flaws, I'm sure. And so let's say like you want to be more on time to things or you want to be more active or you want to read more or you want to practice the piano more. And like all of a sudden when you sit down and make a list of things that you want to change, your list is like a mile long. And so then it's like, how do I have all these positive affirmations when I have so many things to change about myself and then you get overwhelmed. And I think what you need to do there is choose one to three things and sometimes you just need to choose one and focus intensely on that one thing. So for me with the shyness, I focused intensely on that thing for like years. And I feel like because I chose that one thing, it opened a door for me to make other changes in my life. So that's the other thing. You have to prioritize what's important for you to change. And so things like not being shy versus I want to read more, I'm going to guess that not being shy is more important because that affects your life more than wanting to read more, even though reading is very important, and that is a current goal of mine. So just being brutally honest with yourself about what changes do you need to make that are very important and they're going to make other changes in your life more accessible and then intensely focusing on one to maybe three of those. I would even say three might be too many, depending on what, how big of a change you need to make. Um, because when I've been intensely focused on being active, for example, I say to myself, I'm not lazy. I'm not lazy. I'm not lazy. And all of a sudden I'm moving more, I'm exercising more, and that makes motivates me to eat better. And so and like it's like this ricochet domino effect where all of a sudden my life just seems better because I made this one single change. And so I will admit I am not being the best at being active right now because quarantine is slowly killing me. But there's light at the end of this tunnel. Um but I know that this process works. And the whole point of this process of having positive self-affirmations is to build self-confidence. And I've realized that as I've done this thing, my self-confidence in my 30s is so much more rich and founded upon true principles than it was in my 20s or my teens or obviously as a kid. 
Um, and so I just wanted to share that as like my little unique insight into self-confidence. Um, and so just to go over what we've talked about so far is the first step is you have to separate your self-worth from things that are going to change. The second thing is that you need to be honest with yourself and what changes you need to make and then tell yourself positive affirmations over and over and over again all throughout the day as many times as you need until you can make those changes in your life. And as you make these promises to yourself on these little small changes you're going to make and you keep those promises, your trust in yourself and therefore your confidence in yourself are going to build. So those are the two big things that I thought about. Um, And obviously as you keep promises to yourself, that's going to leak into keeping promises to others. Um, and so decide what, what principles or what values do you value in other people? That can be a good start. And then what of those values do you want to inherit into your own self? So for example, if someone who is dependable is important to you. So that's one thing for me. Someone who is dependable is a highly sought after quality and a friendship for me. So someone who says they're going to do something and then does it. That's very important to me. And so if since it's very important to me that other people do that, it's going to be important for me to do that. So when I tell someone that I'm going to do something, even if it gets to the point where I don't want to do it or I don't want to go all of a sudden or I don't want to do this thing and it's too inconvenient, it's still important to me that I do it because I said I was going to do it. And that's true for my telling myself I'm going to do something And that's true for other people, me telling them or them telling me. It just becomes a very important value to me. And you can choose whatever value you want. Like if, you know, uh, being open-minded is very important to you. Or even little things like being punctual is very important to you. You need to adapt those things into your mind and you just tell yourself, I am a punctual person. I'm a person that is always on time. Or I'm a person that is always early. Or I am a person, fill in the blank. Um, And so positive affirmations and keeping promises to yourself and to others are huge things that we need to do to build our self-confidence. The last thing that I want to talk about with building self-confidence, and this is to me is the most important, is this idea of connecting to God. And... I feel like I follow not that many influencers out there. I probably follow a handful of them. Um, and I strongly, the ones I follow, I obviously agree with their message because I follow them, right? Um, and they kind of talk about these same things that I'm saying. We're like, okay, we need to keep our promises. We need to have self-affirmations. We need to separate our self-worth, blah, blah, blah. And those things are wonderful and those things are true. They are absolutely true. But I think one of the big things that is missing from the self-confidence talk on social media is this idea of connecting with God. And I wasn't going to get over religious on my podcast, but I just feel like when someone asks me what my unique insight on self-confidence is, how can I not talk about God when God is such an important part of my life? Um, And so I just felt like I need to share this and... 
I know that there are people out there that don't believe in God or they don't believe in the same religion as me. But I think, think about the God that you believe in or the higher power or whatever it may be that's something that's bigger than yourself. And for me, that is God because I know, I believe that God is real and connecting to him has been such an important aspect in my life to building my self-confidence. Um, and connecting to God can be through scripture, reading scripture and understanding scripture and pondering scripture, not just simply reading it, but it's a little more intense than that. Through sincere prayer, by talking to him. Um, I've been in a habit in my life of writing to him and just really telling him the truth. In the same way that you journal and you be completely honest with your journal, you got to be completely honest with God. And then through meditation and through good works and all these kinds of things. I mean, I'm sure you all can think of ways that you can connect to God. And I think this is the absolute key for me because when you connect with God, you're connecting with someone who knows the real you, who knows your self-worth even when you don't. And God knows he knew me in that moment where I felt like a complete failure, he knew that I wasn't. And he can see into the past and the future and all that, and he can see the potential, and he can see what we are capable of becoming despite our flaws and despite our setbacks. And so by connecting to this power of God, we can feel that same power and trust that we really are these amazing people that he knows that we are. Because our eyesight is just so extremely limited. So why would we not want to access a power that's unlimited? Um, and it's just very powerful to me to understand the person that created me. Because as I understand him, I understand me. And so the real me, the most powerful me, the best me is the one that God knows, not the one that I know. And so for me, it's so, so important to ask him who I am because he's the one that's going to show me that even when I failed, he can still use me and he still has a great plan for me. And he's the one that can give me that strength to say in the, in the face of fear, I am fearless. And he's the one that can give me the strength to say, I am not lazy. Or even simple things like, I'm a person that's on time. And as I have these thoughts and I connect with God, then even when I'm not in a place where I can tell myself positive affirmations, I feel like if I put in the work to connect with God, he's still going to step up for me and, and like pour his spirit into me and say, you are not a lazy person. You are a fearless person. You are a person that is consistent and dependable and so on and so forth. You are loved. Even if you don't feel loved, I know that you're loved. And because you've connected with me, you can know that you're loved. Um, and he understands that any moment in our life is such a short blip on the timeline that is us. And so I feel like that is the most important thing is connecting to God. 
Um, and I could definitely talk more about this because connecting to God is so incredibly important to me. Um, but as I've come to understand God through reading my scriptures and through personal prayer and through reading other people's insights at church or going to lessons or just talking with friends, I've come to know myself in a way that I didn't even know was possible. Um, I went on a, I will end with this story. I went on a study abroad to Israel my last semester of college after I had come back from my failure and I had finished all my coursework and I knew that I was going to graduate. And so I extended my graduation just one more semester so I could go study abroad in Israel because I just felt like I should and I felt like I was guided there by God himself Um, and so I went and the fear of shyness almost got me because I went not knowing anyone which is so unlike me Um, but I just trusted that everything would be okay and I made some of the best friends and intimate friends of my life while on that study abroad. But that's beside the point. The point is, is that I really hyper-focused on understanding God and drawing closer to him while I was in Israel. And all of a sudden, I just felt the fear that shyness brought me melt away. And I was able to connect with others and I was able to just come to myself and I really feel like I found myself. I was able to just be me and I had this realization like, oh, people really like me when I'm myself because I like myself. And I remember I had this moment in the shower because we always have those deep thoughts in the shower where I was just sitting there. It was towards the end of the semester And I was just realizing how much I had overcome with my fear and my shyness and my desire to connect with God. And I realized that I was going to be going home in a couple of weeks. And I just thought, what am I going to do with my life? Because I was going to be graduating and I wasn't really sure. There was a lot of uncertainty on the other side of this study abroad. And I just remember feeling this prompting from God that just said, this is the grace that I created. Take her home with you. And it was just this moment where I just had come to realize that I'm this powerful, outgoing, happy, confident person because God created me this way. And I found this person in Israel And the key to my success and facing all the uncertainty when I got home was going to be to take that person with me. Um, And I've never forgotten that. And I, I try my best to remember that person and become that person and even be better than that person. Um, every single day, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't think about Israel and the impact that it had on my life and on specifically that instance where I felt the power of God. Um, And I just want to invite others to connect with God if you feel like that's something that you want to do with your life because it's definitely changed mine for the best. 
And as I've continually sought to connect with God more and more, because I've been home from Jerusalem for, wow, uh, eight years now, um, that my confidence has only continued to grow as I've been home and as I've used the tools that I gained while on that study abroad and as I've remembered who I am and as I've told myself these things about how I'm an outgoing person and as I've told myself these things I have felt it's true and I've acted as as if it is true and therefore it has become true and so I owe all of that to my connection with God and I I owe everything to my connection with God and I I would feel very weird talking about self-confidence and not bringing God into the conversation because for me, that's what's made the difference. Um, And that's, he's the one that gives me strength to separate my self-worth from the things that will change because he doesn't change. Um, And he's the one, as I've already said, is the one that fills me with the ability to give myself these self pep talks all the time. And I'm just very grateful. Um, And so I would just say that if you're struggling with self-confidence, connecting with God is a good start, middle, and end to that journey. Um, So yeah, that basically wraps it up. Just to conclude, I would invite us to just remember that separating our worth from things that will change and then telling yourself positive affirmations and as you make those changes through the affirmations to keep promises to yourself and to others and then connecting with God are going to be big life changers for you at least they have been for me and I feel like that is what my unique insight um, is into self-confidence and I'm sure other people have learned these same lessons um But I obviously, as I have gone through the last week or two of sifting through my thoughts on where does my self-confidence come from, um, those are the three main things that I came up with. And so I just wanted to share that because I feel like my insights are going to be different from other people that have been on a guest on my podcast. So um, I guess that's all I have for today and I will... Catch up with you all next week. If you enjoyed this episode on self-confidence today, I would really appreciate it if you go on to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. Any kind of feedback is always a great way to support me. And as always, if you want to follow along for updates with the podcast and guests that I interview, you can follow me on Instagram at SheBuildsMeUp. You can also email me directly through the link on my Instagram page. Um, I always love hearing from my listeners. 